Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Degeneracy Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. With me is Garrett. We're here to talk about the end of the NBA's season before the All-Star break. There's a few games we have to talk about, and in the second half of the episode, we're actually going to be going through our favorite picks for the All-Star break, including games like, obviously, the All-Star game, along with the dunk contest, skills competition, three-point contest, and everything else along the way. Garrett, how are you doing? Uh, we're feeling pretty good, doing pretty well. Um, lots to discuss, couple of uh, previews tonight that are going to be a little bit of a reflection on Tuesday's game. It's Thursday afternoon. So uh, anyway, Jason, where do we want to start tonight? A lot of choices here. Absolutely. I think we should absolutely start off with the first game on TNT. We've got two nationally televised games and one... Uh, I don't want to be harsh on it and call it a stinker of a game, but I don't think many people are going to be watching it compared to the nationally uh, televised games. That's Bucks versus Bulls we could hop right into. This one, it's an interesting matchup because obviously with the All-Star game or All-Star weekend, excuse me, coming up, it's hard to find guys that are going to be motivated to go fully all out. There's injury concerns in this game and there's going to be perhaps like... Some, you know, some players not necessarily trying to injure themselves. They're trying to get to all-star break in one piece. But two things that stuck out to me is Nikola Vucevic. He's a guy who's not going to be involved in the all-star weekend. This is his last game until a nice long break. He's been more involved as of late, especially with the injuries to a guy like DeMar DeRozan who missed last game. His shot attempts have gone up, and he's also playing a team in the Bucks who are not susceptible in many areas. They're a good defensive team, but the one area they do allow a matchup advantage to is centers that can shoot the ball a little bit, which Vucevic is. So the play that I like is Vucevic to hit over one and a half threes. He's a guy who takes about five threes a game anyway with the volume of attempt being there for a guy who only needs to make two he's coming off a game where he made three so he has a hot hand going for him that's one that I liked how about you so I'm actually with you on the three point uh your three point makes and one that I actually like I know it's a basic one but he's made at least one in three straight games and uh it's Giannis Antetokounmpo it's minus 210 so just a little just a little one three and he usually gets Okay, okay. He usually gets three three attempts a game, and I know Giannis obviously isn't a prevalent three-point shooter, but I do like parlaying the Giannis over half a three with a Bucks money line for a little minus 119, a uh, little SGP to start the night, and uh, I think that that's a good start into the NBA Thursday, and I think that's one that you can take pretty comfortably and then uh, play it into the late game, which we'll, of course, discuss later being the Clippers and Suns. I actually really like that. I didn't have that written down, but now that you bring it up and I look more into it, Giannis, his attempts from three have absolutely been up over the last 10 games. As you mentioned, he takes on average about three. Some nights he'll take four, some takes he'll, some nights he'll take five. He has a game where he shot seven a few nights ago. He has a game where he shot eight a few nights ago. Giannis, we know he's not the best shooter. Like, that's not a secret, but all the, all the sports books are asking is for one make. So... Giannis, he, in the last 10 games, he has made one in eight of the last 10. So I do actually like that, especially on a night, as I mentioned, these teams might not be going all out. Giannis, he's naturally a physical player who drives to the basket a ton, but with the All-Star Weekend coming up, maybe he doesn't want to go all out, you know, put that wear and tear on his body. Maybe he hangs out outside a little more. Maybe he shoots five threes tonight. And 
Giannis may not be the best shooter, but if you give him five threes, I think he'll make. I was, I'm with you on that, especially with the physicality and kind of just you know the lack of physicality that's going to be in the All Star game on Sunday. I was with you on that. I think he will camp out a little bit, and I think the three point opportunities, which is the name of the game, I definitely think they are going to be there. Um, one more prop that I liked. I I was also with you on every point that you made about the uh, Nikola Vucevic one. And honestly, for Vucevic to hit two threes, I think tonight will be not just for this game, but for the other remaining games. I think it's going to be a lackadaisical defensive night. And I think this right before the All-Star break favors three-point shooters and guys to really get those threes. So I like Vucevic, two threes, Giannis, one three. And of course, like we said, the Bucks money line. Yeah, and that's a nice little three-leg uh, three leg parlay you could throw in there. One last play that stuck out to me, at least, is an under. I'm trying to throw in more unders because, you know, Betting, everybody just looks for, oh, who's going to go off? Who's going to go off? Sometimes you can take advantage of maybe oversaturated lines. And an under that I'm looking at is Zach Levine's you. points at 28 and a half, which is absurdly high for a guy who's as streaky of a volume scorer as it gets. And especially on the injury report, DeMar DeRozan, as I mentioned earlier, he was out for last game. He's dealing with, I believe it's a groin strain, strain, but he's projected to partake in the all-star game. And he's only game to game on the injury report tonight. He is not officially out. So if DeRozan's back, then those two once again will be splitting their shot attempts. Levine is not someone who's going to dominate the ball because DeRozan is the team's leading scorer. Levine under 28 and a half points. If especially we get that line before the official announcement that DeRozan could possibly play, I think when DeRozan gets announced that he will be in, that line might shrink down to 26 or 25 and a half. Getting Levine under 28 and a half seems like good, uh, good odds to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I was just counting his last uh, 10 games or so, and in the last, in the last nine, excuse me, he's only covered it three times, and. I know the volume opportunity is going to be there, but I'm with you. The Bucks generally play, you know, like a better defense in terms of points allowed than a lot of others. You know, we're not talking about the Wizards who are playing later tonight. Um, so I'm with you on that. And that was actually whenever you started to talk about an under that you like. I do like Zach Levine's under for points tonight quite a bit. And uh, I've been kind of on the under Zach Levine points. Like it's been something I've been monitoring for a little bit. And uh, I do like taking his under regularly along with uh, Paulo Bencaro of the Magic, who's just another example of just a very streaky guy. So I'm with you. Love Zach Levine's under 28 and a half tonight. And uh, there's a chance that by the time this releases in a couple hours that that line might be down to 25 and a half. So because... Absolutely. Yeah, especially with the DeRozan news and the fact that Levine has only scored more than 28 points in three of his last 10 games. So it's not even a line, regardless, that he regularly hits on top of the fact that his shot attempts just are all over the place on a game to game basis. Like one night he'll take 25 attempts, the next night he'll only shoot 13 or 14 times. So he's as unpredictable as it gets. He's going to have a tough matchup with Drew Holiday more than likely guarding him. I just. I just don't see Levine having a big night tonight, especially, you know, in the circumstances of all-star game looming. No, and especially factoring this in, like when Levine goes under, yeah, there is one game. And speak of the devil, as we're recording this episode, Levine's line just went down to 27 and a half. So <laughs> as literally as we're speaking on it, the, the books are catching up. 
I think it's more than likely DeRozan plays. Maybe they both end up with something around 23, 24 points. I think I would still lean towards the under on 27 and a half, but I am admittedly a little more skeptical. I love the under 28 and a half line. Yes, but I mean, like, like when Levine goes under, I mean, in the past 10 games, there's been games where he's had 18, one where he had 10, one where he had 20, 24. Like, he's, you know, it's not 25, 26. I mean, there's blatant examples where he is way under, and it, it's it's a common thing, and especially, like we said, against the Bucks and Drew Holiday, I'm comfortably taking Levine's under. I like that play a lot, and, uh, yeah, jo- jump on that as soon as you can. <laughs> Absolutely, because literally, as we mentioned, by the time this uh, episode comes out, it might be all the way down to 25 or even 24 and a half. So that's something to hop on soon. Now, there is another nationally televised game tonight, Suns versus Clippers. That, I think, will be the best game of the night. There's three games on. I think this one will be the most entertaining. It is the late game, so maybe the motivation to stay up past your bedtime won't be there to watch. But I think it'll be a tough, uh, tight-knit game. There's quite a few... uh, specific plays that I liked about it. Picking a winner is tough. The spread indicates that this is as close to a pick as it gets. The spread is literally plus one for the Clippers, minus one for the Suns. The money line is actually pretty much the same. So in terms of individual players that have advantages, I like Chris Paul's assists, and that's not even anything crazy. Chris Paul, you know, he's one of the leading assist guys in the NBA. His line is at nine and a half. So I like him to get double digit assists, not only because of the fact that he hits it so regularly, but specifically against the Clippers. Now, Chris Paul's got a little history with the Clippers, and since he's gotten to the Suns, he has dished out over 10 assists four times in a row against them. So when he faces his former team, he's, you know, looking to set guys up left and right. He's looking to get his teammates as easy of looks as possible. So over nine and a half assists for Chris Paul is one of the first plays that I like for tonight. What about you? I'm right there with you on Chris Paul. I also like, and this was a play, credit to you, Jason. Uh, you were all over a couple days ago. Um, I was promoting it on TikTok Live. I was like, yeah, like this is 100%. Like, you got to take this play. Kawhi drill. I mean, he didn't just barely hit the over on 23 the other night. He smashed it. He had 33 points. Um, pretty Absolutely. sure Pretty sure the Clippers won. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they did. Over 24 and a half, Kawhi Leonard. Love that line tonight. Um, and it's going to be... Uh, By the way, not just for tonight, but for a lot of the rest of the season, I'm going to be taking a lot of players over uh, for points against the Suns, especially at the forward position. So I like Kawhi tonight quite a bit. The Suns' depth is obviously going to be something that's not going to be just for tonight, but a thing that's going to be a factor for the rest of the season. So potentially tired legs for the Suns later in the game, and I think Kawhi, if he hasn't already capitalized by then, will certainly capitalize later in the second half. So 25, and I don't doubt back-to-back 30 points for the claw right before the All-Star break. Oh, 100%. And just going along the same logic that applies to Kawhi, I was also looking at Paul George because obviously they're the two leading scorers of the team. They could both hit their overs for today, but specifically the Clippers will be without Norman Powell tonight and he's their leading scorer off the bench. He comes in, he gets a lot of shots up, he leads the bench unit. He's He himself is capable of scoring 20 on any given night, but the Clippers are missing him, which means more of the load will be on Kawhi, more of the load will be on Paul George to score to keep the game close. So Paul George's line is at 20 and a half. In the last three games, he hasn't hit that in any of the last three games, but if you look at those games, he's scored 20, then 19, then 20. So he is literally right there. And tonight in a game without Norman Powell, in a good matchup too, you know, he'll he'll more than likely get 
the matchup with probably Devin Booker. They'll probably throw their better defender like a Josh Akogi or even like a, I believe it is uh, Tory Craig, who is their other starting forward. So Kawhi will probably see one of those. Devin Booker, they uh, they probably don't want Chris Paul or Devin Booker guarding Kawhi, but Kawhi, as you mentioned, will still easily cover it. It's not like I'm scared of that matchup for Kawhi, but all I'm trying to say is that Paul George has an easier matchup to score 20 or more points. So if you're afraid of the 20 and a half line, just because Paul George hasn't cleared it in three games in a row, you could buy a point and just go to 20 plus. But I think Paul George comfortably clears that regardless. That's another one that I think I love. Now, um, just to move on, we've spoken heavily about the Clippers here. The last play that I have circled on mine is DeAndre Ayton, who tonight, as I mentioned, Chris Paul is going to be getting a lot of assists, in my opinion. I think a lot of them are going to be going to DeAndre Ayton. His shot attempts have been up a ton ever since that trade for Kevin Durant. And before the All-Star break, this is going to be one of his last chances to get up a ton of shots because Kevin Durant is going to come back and be the focal point of the offense. Now, Ayton, he's someone who... Before, you know, even this season, going into last season, he hasn't necessarily been the happiest guy in the world with his role. He wanted to be more involved. This stretch without Kevin Durant has been his opportunity to do that, and he wants to probably take advantage of it while it's here. So Paul uh, DeAndre Ayton, 21 and a half points. I like his over there especially because the Clippers are a good defensive team, but the center position is their biggest weakness. He'll have Zubach on him, and I don't think Zubach can cover him. No, and I'm right there with you, especially. I love the point that you brought up about Aiton because Aiton's workload, or excuse me, shot attempt is is about to go down. It generally happens when you have a four-time scoring champ come to your team, one of the best players of all time. Over the past five games, DeAndre has averaged 28 a night. He's averaged 11 boards shooting 74.7%. And as you said, Zubac is uh, not the best defender in the world. And I think this is going to be DeAndre's truly last chance where Booker still isn't fully healthy. So last chance to really be like, all right, like, look, guys, like if you need a good 25 out of me, like I'm available, like I'm here, let me know. Um, And in these last five games, he has had 29 points at least three times, including two 30-point games, and uh, so I like Aiton quite a bit, and during this five-game stretch, the worst he shot in a game is 64%, so even if he only gets 12 or 13 field goal attempts tonight, which, by the way, I think he will get more, he's still on pace for right around 20 just for that, so I love DeAndre Aiton's line tonight. I think he comfortably clears that, too. Absolutely. Like he is not only someone who's going to have a higher volume of attempts, but he's naturally one of the most efficient centers in the league because the quality of attempts that he gets are pretty easy. You know, Chris Paul does a pretty good job setting him up. So Chris Paul, he could he could finish this game with 12, 13 assists. Eight of them could go right to DeAndre Ayton's hands for easy dunks, easy layups, a little pick and roll action, maybe a little pick and pop in the mid-range. Ayton has a nice face-up game. He hits that mid-range pretty often. It's just It's just a good matchup for him, so I'm all over him. Now, are there, you know, we have the other, the other game of the night, the Wizards. The other game. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Wizards, yeah, they, they beat the Blazers the other night. I was very surprised by that. Um, credit, they did. Credit word, too. Uh, were there any plays? They spoiled one of my plays because of that beating the Blazers. I thought the Blazers would pull it out, but come to think of it, the Blazers just made a couple trades. They're playing some young guys. Maybe I was a little overly optimistic about them because the Wizards, that game, I believe in our last episode, we made our picks based on the assumption that Kuzma would be out. Kuzma did play in that game, and he went off in that game. So our 
our assumption was incorrect and it cost us. But just going back towards that logic as a whole, the Wizards are healthy. They're not only healthy, but they're back in the play-in tournament range of the standings. They're in 10th place, which if the season ended today, they would be in the play-in tournament. They have reason and motivation to, you know, continue this momentum that they've built for themselves. Their season is far from over. Obviously, I don't think they're a realistic, you know, team to make noise in the playoffs, but they still want to make the playoffs. And against a Timberwolves team who have been as inconsistent as it gets, they're still incorporating Mike Conley into the lineup. They, you know, Rudy Gobert has not lived up to the hype. Towns is still out. Wizards are underdogs in this game, just like they were in last game. This could be an opportunity to get a money line in plus money, and the Wizards could come away with a comfortable win. I'm with you on that. I like, I feel like I've been saying that way too much. Like, I'm with you on that, but there's just a lot of valid points being made. But no, I love, I'll I take love, it. I love Bradley Beal over 22 and a half. Um, obviously Bradley Beal's contract is a completely different discussion, but the thing is, is why I specifically like betting NBA is, you know, they're going to get the opportunities and, you know, we've, I've been fading Paulo a lot, but that's because Paulo has not been capitalizing on opportunities where at least Beal is a veteran player. He is a very good shooter and he's going to, I mean, he's going to get the opportunity. So I like his over 22 and a half. And I think his three point line is kind of low. It's only one and a half and it's for him to hit two threes, at least right now on FanDuel, it's minus 150. So if you're not comfortable taking the over 22 and a half, I like two plus threes plus a Wizards win. Uh, for the two threes, of course, coming from Beal, which would be a plus little plus two thirty six little SGP. Um, Washington, you know, I'm betting you guys to win, so don't make an ass out of me this time. You know, finally trust you guys. But like, exactly, <laughs> it would be it would be so predictable for you know us yeah. to fade them and then they win, and then for us to be all over them and then they lose. But speaking of Beal, Beal is an interesting one to bet on and. I'm not saying I disagree with your logic at all. He's got a good matchup tonight. He's, you know, he is their go-to guy, their leading scorer, but he's capitalized a lot recently where he's covered that line comfortably in terms of games where he's dropped 30 plus in three of his last five. But those were, I believe quite a few of them were games when Kuzma was out. Kuzma came back last game and he only scored 19, only shot the ball 15 times. So Beal, he's... He's obviously a talented scorer, but he can sometimes just be complacent with all the other guys around him that are willing shooters. Like Kristaps Porzingis has been going off lately. Kuzma is not shy at all when it comes to getting his shots up. Beal, he's, you know, when he when he gets aggressive, he's as good as it gets. He's averaged 30 points a game twice in this league, but this year specifically, he's been more complacent than not. I'm not saying I'm fading him by any means, but I think I'm just less confident in him than you are, which is fine. Hey, my guy Bradley, past 10 games, averaging 2.23s made per game. So we're rolling with it Um, in each of the past. Oh, for sure. I, w- I will say, just to go off my last point, if you- I'm less hesit- I'm uh, less confident in taking his points, but I think it's the threes three. oh, yeah. is a good alternative. Go over one and a half threes for Beal. I think that's a good alternative if you're hesitant at that 22 and a half line. And even in the five games in February, he's, he's averaged 2.6 threes made a game, averaging 6.6 threes attempted per game. So I like Bradley two threes tonight. The Timberwolves, well, not just the Timberwolves, both teams are not exactly known for their uh, killer defense, especially on the exterior for the uh, post defense or perimeter is what I'm looking for for the Timberwolves. So I like Bradley two threes tonight. Um, there's a there's a couple lays that we have tonight that I just I want to quickly uh, add up. So we have the Giannis over one three, Vucevic over one and a half three. I'm actually totaling these up as we go. Uh, Wizards money line. 
Bradley Beal, I'm sorry, this is like, I'm just going here. Bradley Beal, one and a half threes. And then there was the Kawhi and PG points plus 2,900 six, six leg parlay. So not, not a bad start to the weekend. Not too bad at all. Now, I will also just throw this out there that on FanDuel, they do that bonus where there's, you know, a quote unquote risk free bet where you get your money back if it doesn't hit. As long as you bet on one of the nationally televised games and you get a three leg parlay, that's at least plus 400. So for that specific, <laughs> um, you know, that specific offer that they give you, I did make one. It's three legs and it is in the Clippers and Suns game. It's all of the plays that I talked about. Just two of them are watered down. I kept CP3s over nine and a half assists as is in this play. And the other two legs are Paul George to score 20 and DeAndre Ayton to score 20. So slightly watered down on the point scoring, but I think Ayton and Paul George both clear the 20 point line. And if Ayton's going to do it, it's going to be CP3 dishing to him. So that comes out to just over plus 400. Nice little, uh, you know, four to one ratio. Put down, if you know, put down half a unit on it, maybe a full unit if you're confident. I put down a full unit because I get my money back if it doesn't hit. Love to see that. Also, I'm just going to put you on the spot quickly. Who would you pick for a winner in the Clippers-Suns game? I know who I'd pick, but I want to hear what you'd have to say. Ah, that's actually that's tough because I, I think I'm leaning towards the Suns. I was a little bit more hesitant to pick the Suns to win in their last game, but they came out and they just looked fantastic, even without the guys they traded away, even with Kevin Durant not in there. Devin Booker is back firing on all cylinders, even though they're not playing as his normal minutes yet. His minutes are in an uptick every game. I mentioned that in the last episode when we picked Booker's points because I thought his minutes would continue to go up. They did. He played pretty much 30 minutes last game, and he comfortably scored over 30 points. So Booker's back looking like his former self. Chris Paul, you know, he's still the point god. He's still dishing to everybody. He creates as easy of looks as you get, you know, Aiton's playing his best basketball. And the role players that are still there, guys like Josh Okogie, guys like Torrey Craig, excuse me, they're more motivated than ever to, you know, play their best basketball now because they're trying to prove to the coach that they still belong in the lineup when Durant comes back. So the Suns, I think, have a lot more motivation to actually finish this game off. The Clippers... They're just a team in general that can be as lackadaisical as it gets. You know, they it feels like they're just coasting through the season, waiting for the playoffs. So especially before the All-Star break, I think this leans in the Suns' favor, especially because the Suns are at home as well. I was glad, especially that you brought up the at-home point, which is a big factor into that. Yeah. Plus, plus I think this is like the DeAndre Ayton game as, uh, as discussed. But there are... Pretty big weekend for the NBA. It's actually like everybody's favorite weekend. So anyway, um, where do you want to start? Where do you want to start Ooh, in terms of All Star Weekend? Yep. The, where do you want to start? Fun, the fun begins. Oh man. Uh, let's go. Let's just do a a run through of all of the events. We can start with the let's start with the Rising Stars tournament. That will be the first one up of the night. There are four. It's a new format this year. There are four teams. Team Pow, Team Darren, Team Joachim, and Team Jason. Three of the teams were drafted, Team Pow, Darren, and Joachim, amongst the rising stars in the NBA. And then Team Jason is a team of G League stars or, you know, young guys from the G League Ignite program that are about to be in the NBA. So a guy like Scoop Henderson is on Team Jason. And if we go through the rosters, this is the kind of event, it's four teams, you know, battling it out in like a tournament format. On All-Star Weekend, this isn't necessarily where you go with, you know, the most stacked roster, you know, maybe 
for an 82-game NBA season. This is where you pick the team with the biggest group of hoopers, to put it simply. Guys who can go out and get a bucket and put on a show, they will thrive in this format. And obviously, Team Pow are the favorites because their roster, let me just go through it, is Jose Alvarado, uh, Rookie of the Year favorite Paolo Banquero, Scotty Barnes, Jaden Ivey, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, and Andrew Nemhard. And on paper, that is the best roster. I that's don't a, disagree. That's a but solid I think, roster. But I think for where I would put a little bit of my money, I think I like Team Darren, who has Jalen Green, Bones Highland, AJ Griffin, Walker Kessler, Trey Murphy, Alperin Shangoon, and Franz Wagner, my guy Sangoon. But especially, you know... Jalen Green and Bones Highland, they're two players who have come under quite a bit of scrutiny lately because, you know, they fill up the stat sheet, they score a lot of points, but their actual impact on winning basketball is, it's not the best. I'm not going to deny it at all. The criticisms that have come their way, a lot of it is valid, but this isn't a normal NBA game. This is, you know, put on a show for the fans and Bones Highland and Jalen Green are two guys who will absolutely put on a show for the fans. Then, you know, the role players around them are guys who will be willingly letting them eat, you know, to to put it simply. Alperin Shengun, he's not going to go out there and want to dominate the ball. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to be looking to feed his scorers. A guy like Trey Murphy is a good spot up shooter. So in case actual defense ever gets played and, you know, the ball needs to leave Highland or Jalen Green's hands, they could kick it out to him. He'll knock down a three. Franz Wagner is a great young player. And, I think they're not only going to win it, but they'll they'll be the most fun team to watch. And in an all-star format, fun is technic- is pretty much the priority. I'm right there with you, especially on the Trey Murphy point, because I think I think there's a chance that Trey Murphy puts up 15 or 18 points strictly on five made threes. Exactly. Threes. Exactly. Yeah. Because if there's one thing you know about All-Star Weekend, it's that defense is left on the plane. There is no shot of defense being played. Um, so Trey Murphy, I'm, I mean, if there's a shot, if like if there's a way to be able to take like rising star in-game props, I'm definitely sprinkling some on Trey Murphy to just knock down four or five threes. Um, I do love Team Powell, as you mentioned, with with Jaden Ivey. I like Jaden Ivey quite a bit. Uh, Scotty Barnes, of course, and Paolo. Love all those guys. Team Jason, I'm a little underwhelmed with compared to the other three rosters, and I think that those odds should actually be a little higher than what they are. Um, right now, I'm showing, I'm going to say it was plus 400 for Team Jason to win, mm-hmm. and I think I'd much rather take the chance with either power Darren at 175 or 200, especially with the aforementioned rosters. Um, even though I, on team Joe Keem, I do like Josh Giddy and Evan Mobley. I think those guys are uh, definitely two to pay attention to on his roster. Absolutely. But as I mentioned, I Giddy and Mobley, two outstanding players. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the kind of format that guys right. like them thrive. You know, they're good NBA players, good all around, good defenders, good playmakers, good passers. But this is where, you know, pure hoopers come to shine. Right. And Team Joachim is kind of lacking in that. I can't even pinpoint a single guy on their roster that can just go out and get a bucket, you know, knock down a tough shot. Their, their best playmaker is... It's looking like it's Quentin Grimes, which that I think, you know, there's an argument to be made about the three other teams making a run. I, I'm just so underwhelmed by Team Joachim in terms of this format. Now, you said 
and rightfully so, Team Jason. They're not the most talented team. They're not even, you know, a team with many recognizable faces. But as I mentioned at the start, Team Jason is the team with the G League players. So they're coming in here with an actual motivation to go out and play right. their best basketball. This is the only time they'll be on the national stage. They're trying to make a name for themselves in order to break into the NBA. Guys like Mac McClung are on this team. Guys like Scoot Henderson, who will be a top two pick in this year's draft, are on this team. And even someone like Kenneth Lofton is playing for the Grizzlies G League team at the moment, and he's killing it down there. Kenneth Lofton wants to get the call up and be a regular part of the Grizzlies team. He's going to come out and I think ball out. I think they're underdogs. I'm putting a full unit on Team Darren, as I said, but I might put a half unit on Team Jason just because they're going to be the team trying the hardest. Whenever you said full unit, I was like, "Like you're putting a full unit on Team Jason." Oh no, no, no! Like, yeah, just just a just whoa. a half on Team Jason, just in case they make that run. Because again, this isn't going to be an event with a lot of defense. But Team Jason might be the team playing the most complete basketball, just because this is their shot to play in front of fans and and scouts. You know, this is the biggest non-actual basketball game weekend of the year. All-Star Weekend, all eyes are on them. This is their only time in the spotlight. They actually want to make a name for themselves. I I think I'm going to differentiate here. I think Team Pow will come out on top. I know big shocker here for me picking the uh, proverbial favorite of the of out of the four teams. By the way, I'm I'm actually glad that the NBA switched it up. I think they're really uh, innovational in terms of how they you know do a lot of the tournaments and how they do a lot of things relative to of any of the other leagues like the MLB or the NFL. So I think it's pretty cool that they you know, are splitting this up into four teams. And I wish the NFL would definitely have something in this um, neck of the uh, neck of the league, if you will, or this area of the league. But were there any, any other things you had on this game before we head into the Saturday night fun? That is the three point shootout and the slam dunk contest. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's a very fun and innovative format for something that was getting pretty stale. Let's hop right into the three point contest though, because this is, it's an interesting group in the three-point contest this year. You know, they have a couple big-name guys. You know, uh, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum are in it. Um, they have, you know, Tyler Hero, reigning sixth man of the year. Laurie Markkinen's an all-star this year. Tyrese Halliburton's an all-star this year. And then guys like Buddy Heald and Anthony Simons are two of players who just jack up a ton of threes. Mm -hmm. So it's not the easiest to pinpoint someone. But I think in this specific group... The name that immediately caught my eye, I'm looking at Damian Lillard at plus 450. I might, again, you know, put a unit on him. He's some, the three-point contest, let me just give a, a quick little spiel before I go fully into him specifically. But the three-point contest, to be good at it, to win it, you need to have a quick trigger and a nice fluid stroke, you know, nothing wonky, nice te as textbook as it gets. You can get your shot off quick because there's a timer. Damian Lillard has one of the quickest shots in the league. He's as fluid as it gets. You know, he's done well in this event in the past, so he's got the experience there. And then my underdog, the, obviously the event is held in Utah. I think, you know, Laurie Markkinen at plus 600, he's one of, he's the second uh, lowest favorite in terms of the seven names I mentioned, or the eight mentioned, I mentioned, excuse me, but Laurie Markin in front of the home crowd, he might catch fire. The crowd's going to be on his back, throw a half unit on him, you know, see what happens. I'm right. I love the, I love the home crowd guy because I was actually going to bring that up for the all-star game MVP with Lowry. Um, but three-point contest, uh, the favorite right now that I have on FanDuel right in front of me at plus 420, Buddy Heald, I, you can guess I'm not taking him. Um, yeah, he, he seems to be a nemesis. Yeah. He, he, he is. Um, I am looking into 
plus 600, my guy, fellow Marylander, Kevin Herter. We're, we're looking at him. Me and Kevin Herter actually also have the same birthday. So, fun like fact. It, I like um, it. That is, yeah, that's, you know, it's a three-point shootout. Literally anything can happen. Like, anything Absolutely. can happen. So, yeah. I think I think you can convince yourself any way that anybody could win this. Yeah, well, I'm going to say, following up on that point, I am going to say two names that I think it would be stupid to put your money on. I do not think they have a chance to win it. One is Jason Tatum. He, I don't even, I'm going to be honest, he's a big name, so he's going to bring eyes to the event, but I don't know how he made the three-point contest. He's shooting below league average from three this year. Yeah, he's a great scorer as a whole, but this is supposed to be an event for the purest of three-point shooters and Tatum he's a volume guy who shoots it you know as he's an average three-point shooter he shoots a lot of tough threes you know he's great at knocking down tough shots but this is supposed to be you know sharp shooters and Tatum is not that at plus 550 I don't think that's a smart bet at all another one is I don't think Tyrese Halliburton has a good shot at winning the whole thing he is the fourth highest favorite however as I mentioned at the start, this is a timed event. You need to have a nice, fluid, quick stroke. And Tyrese Halliburton, it goes in in games. You know, he gets his momentum in games and he knocks them down. But his shot form is so wonky. And in this format where, you know, you're constantly picking balls up, getting them up quick, like, I don't know if his shot form is going to translate very well. You know, he might be against the clock and I'd stay away from him. So those are the two guys I don't think you should bet. Anyone else you could make an argument for, in my opinion, that's just what I think. As long as we're not placing coin on Buddy Heald. But, no, I do, I do like Damian Lillard. Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> I do like – that's who I'm rooting for, anybody but Buddy Heald. I'm rooting for, of course, my guy Kevin Herter and uh, Damian Lillard I think would be actually be awesome. Him or Lowry to win the event. I love those love those three. Um, Julius Randle, I have a plus 950. I think that's an interesting one because there's been games this year where Julius will start out four of four, five of five in the first quarter. And obviously, given that this is, you know, a three point contest, very streaky. Um, there's a oh. chance that Julius would start out like eight of eight from, you know, in this contest, and that could be enough to carry the momentum. So I think that's an interesting one, especially given that he has the lowest odds. I would actually, for what it's worth, I would much rather bet Julius at plus 950 than I would Tatum every time. Yeah, Julius, I just, I cannot get behind Julius Randle knocking down threes in this format either. He's another one who's just a volume scorer. He's as right. he's as streaky, he's as inefficient as it gets. He just shoots the ball a ton. I have no idea how he made it into the tournament. I'm going to give a shout out to my guy, Isaiah Joe. He's leading the NBA in three-point percentage. He is the... He is the most knockdown sharpshooter in terms of, you know, role players whose job it is to shoot threes. He's the best shooter in that regard. Obviously, Steph Curry's the best actual shooter, no doubt. But of the role players who should have gotten some shine in this event, it's crazy that they didn't involve Isaiah Joe and they brought Julius Randle in. Like, come on, what are we doing here? Um, by the way. Is there any other? Is there any other like any other pro? Any other thing with the three point? Because there's the slam dunk. I got to be honest. I'm really, really looking forward to it. There's two guys in particular that, um, well, actually, three guys in particular. I'm looking out of the four that I really am looking it's, forward it, to Saturday night. But it's funny you say you're looking forward to it. That might be the first time I've ever heard someone say that about this year's event. It's you look at the names involved, and it's probably the least you know appetizing well, dunk contest we've ever had in the NBA's history. The participants are Mac McClung, who yeah. just signed a two-way contract Mac with Brady. the Sixers. He's been in the G League all year. Then it's Kenyon Martin Jr. from Houston, who is a high flyer for sure. Jericho Sims of the Knicks, you know, high flyer for sure. And Trey Murphy of the Pelicans. I'm, 
I he's athletic. I I'm well aware, but him in the dunk contest seems the most out of place. So I'll just say right off the bat, I'm not touching Trey Murphy. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other three win, but I think it's ultimately going to come down to Kenyon Martin Jr. and Mac McClung. Uh, that's well, Kenyon was one of the guys that I'm looking forward to just the son of a former player. Like, you know, he's going to want to put on a show, you know, that that is going to be in a lot of ways, like his NBA finals or Super Bowl um, of his really career, for at least to date. Um, but Kenyon obviously plays on a very bad team. So any chance to show out in what's going to be a very forgettable year, I think this is one event that he's been looking forward to since it was announced and then some. Um, also, Mac McClung has been a name in the basketball community for years. And I think this, in a lot of ways for him too, is it's like, okay, dude, like we've been hearing about you for years. Like, what do you have in the slam dunk contest? What can you put on a show for the fans? So I think those two are without a doubt going to be the most fun to watch on Saturday night. Absolutely. And for me, Mac McClung is the favorite, and it's it's obviously just a little bit boring to pick the favorite, but I think a lot could factor into him coming away with the win, so I might actually put some money on him, and it's because, you know, the NBA recently, they're trying to promote the G League more than ever. The, you know, they're trying to get more attention to it. They started the G League Ignite program in order to sway, you know, top prospects to go right to it. They want to grow the G League brand. If a G League player were to win the dunk contest, that would make a ton of noise. That's a great way to promote that product and, you know, maybe convince a lot of the next generation to give the G League more of a shot. You know, more top prospects join G League Ignite that program gets huge the G League in general has been developing a ton of players you know coming through the ranks that have made NBA rosters made rotations and made a big impact Mac McClung winning I'm not going to say the event is rigged but like hint, hint you know <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge they might be a little more generous with Mac McClung's rankings just to you know promote the game that they want to promote yeah, I was always glad you brought up the rigged word because I was definitely thinking if there ever is like something to benefit the league, like on a pretty big stage, I definitely think that there's a uh, a chance that they would rig the dunk contest just for that, just in terms of everything that would ensue after that. So um, I do think it's going to be Mac McClung or Kenyon. Right now I have Jericho's odds at better than Kenyon's, but I do think it'll be Mac first, then Kenyon, and then Jericho. And Trey Murphy, like that was the one where I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of an underwhelming selection. Yeah, I, I, I think I completely agree with that. I do like McClung to win as well, strictly for everything you said regarding the growth of the NBA. Um, but I think that's going to perfectly transition us into Sunday. So what are we thinking for for the actual game? I know what I'm thinking, um, but where do you want to start? Hmm. This is this is probably the one that was most tough to me. Um, I will say some things right off the bat. Um, Joel Embiid is going to the All-Star Weekend as as unmotivated as ever to actually, you know, put on a show in this event. He's done this event in the past and has had huge games. He's put on a show, but this year he's a little banged up. He said himself in his interview after their game last night that he's not even certain if he's going to suit up and play. He'll be there. He'll be on the bench, but he might just tell the coaches, you know, don't play me. I'm, I'm nursing my injuries. I'll be on the roster. I'll be there to support the guys, but you know, Joel Embiid is the third, he has the third best odds to win finals MVP, or not finals MVP, all-star game MVP. <laughs> I think, you know, he'll be a guy a lot of people are putting money on, but I think it's smart to just avoid him just because of that. 
He's not, you know, coming in, you know, looking to prove a point anymore. He's more focused on getting healthy for the second half of the season. So if you're looking at the favorites, Joel Embiid is a name that I would cross off. LeBron is interesting because, again, as he ages and gets older, he's, you know, he's more in it for the show at this point. He could come out and just make history as the oldest All-Star Game MVP. That wouldn't be something I would be surprised by whatsoever. Giannis has won the award before at the top two, and, you know, him being the favorite makes a lot of sense especially in the nature of the format where no one's playing defense. So he just runs and dunks the whole time, you know, puts up 30 <laughs> points strictly on dunks. But if we're looking at more of, you know, a long shot to, you know, make, make the betting a little more interesting, a long shot that I think has reasonable odds of possibly getting it is, um, I'm trying to find his name on here, but I can't find where his odds are at. It's Anthony Edwards. He got announced as an all-star replacement, right? He did. Um, yes, he did. So plus 2,900. Oh, oh there, yeah, plus 2,900. I think that's pretty interesting. You know, he he's made the game. He's talked in the past how, you know, this is something he that has been a goal of his. He has been very vocal in, you know, interviews with the media. He said he wants to come out and put on a show. He even quoted, he said that he, you know, watched Russell Westbrook in the past come off the bench and win uh, All-Star Game MVP. He said he's trying to do the exact same thing. You know, he... This is an event where, you know, you have a lot of fun. Anthony Edwards is a fun young player, you know, outside of the favorites. Obviously, you know, I mentioned guys like LeBron and Giannis are the favorites. But Anthony Edwards could be a long shot that I might sprinkle a few dollars on at plus 2,900. So I'm right there. I like the LeBron thought process. LeBron at this point is, I mean, the all-time leading scorer. It'd be pretty fitting for him to kind of just, you know, go for the all-time leading scorer, then to put up like 50 in an all-star game where he's just jacking threes and he makes like, you know, he goes like seven of 10. Um, by the way, we haven't discussed this in a couple episodes. I wanted to wait till we had, you know, one that I thought was good. Um, right now, over under uh, three nineteen and a half. I mean, it's it's not even a question. We're locking it in over. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that's probably three the, and that's four probably in the an year. easy over. Looking to go, looking to go to four and four. That's I mean, not even a question. I mean, I didn't even have to look at the number. We're taking the over automatically. Um, but in addition to LeBron being the All Star MVP. Another option that I do like, I liked Anthony Edwards as well, but as also mentioned, I also like Lowry Markin. And we've seen before, I know AD back when the game was back when he was a Pelican, they, they just kept feeding him the ball and he finished the all-star game with like 50 plus points. It was insane. It was just, you know, like, let's just keep feeding him the rock. So Lowry in a year where the jazz are not going to uh, do anything of notes, you know, they're probably not going to go far. Um, I like Lowry's all-star game MVP plus 2,900. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm right there with you. Laurie Markkinen is worth the sprinkle just because, you know, the hometown guy, he always gets a little bit of extra minutes. He gets a little bit of extra shot attempts. The fans love it. Last year, I believe it was in Cleveland, and I think it was unrealistic to expect a guy like Jarrett Allen to come away with the MVP. Yeah. Darius Garland could have been maybe a fun sprinkle, but again, Garland was never going to come out and dominate the game like that. Laurie Markkinen, he's, he's big. He can handle the ball. He shoots the ball. He's a nice a uh, shot creator off the dribble, you know, the, uh, depending on what team he gets drafted to. And that's another aspect of the game that is different this year than the past is that we don't even know the rosters yet. They will be drafting the rosters that day. And I, I believe the draft is going to be live as well. So that's actually going to be really fun to see players reactions to, you know, Oh, you picked him over me. You know, right. who's the last pick. The last pick is going to be, you know, he's going to be hounded on social media. I, I actually really like that. I just think it's a very fun format they're doing this year. So depending on who drafts Laurie, who else is on his team that could change things. But I think it's a fun thing to sprinkle a few dollars on. 
And Lowry is also an all-star starter because Zion was Zion's injured. So Lowry replaced, at least this is per NBA.com, Lowry is replacing Zion Williamson in the starting lineup. So there's a chance that Lowry just gets out there, puts in 10 or 15 in the first, you know, couple minutes of the game and just like, all right, like, you know, really for somebody like if he's on the same team as Jokic or if he's on the same team as, you know, Joel, especially who's, who's hurt or not a hundred percent, you know, they're just gonna be like, all right, dude, like, you know, go off. Like we're just here just, uh, you know, we get a couple free dunks, a couple free plays, like we'll take it, but we're not here to really put on a show. So I think that really benefits Lowry in a game like this. And that's, you know, kind of like just thinking out loud, but it's the all-star game. It's really anybody getting all-star MVP aside from, a couple of these names really down on the list, like Jaron Jackson or DeMar, DeRozan, Drew Holiday, they would really surprise me. But I think anybody under plus 4,000, you can really make a reasonable case for. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm right there with you. And that that covers everything, I do believe. It's a good, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, a good up. I, Obviously, I'm so excited for this weekend. It's always just, you know, it's it's a fun time to be an NBA fan. It's, nothing's taken too seriously. The events are always, you know, lighthearted and enjoyable. But that just about wraps it up. Uh, make sure to like the video if you're watching on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well if you prefer the video version. If you're an audio listener, our show is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So go follow the show there. Leave a five-star review on those platforms. It helps us a ton. And and we'll see you next episode. Love you guys.